Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to another episode of Read It With Whiskey. This is the place to be for all fantasy and sci-fi readers. And I'm so excited that you're joining me today to talk to Douglas. So my name is Laura Gentinen. I am a self-published author and the author of the Shockwave series. There's some big news that was in the last episode about the book. And you guys, I got the proof back. Big things are happening. But I'll get to that in a second. First of all, let's talk about Douglas. So Douglas W.T. Smith, we are going to talk about his book, Shadow of the Wicked, and it's actually a novella, a Three Kingdoms novella. So Douglas W.T. Smith, he's an Australian fantasy author. In 2020, he had an episode published from his debut novel, To Wield the Stars, in the Of Metal and Magic core collection, Year One Compendium. His short stories have been published in a variety of magazines, such as Movement, Sucker Co., Needle in the Hay, among others. So Smith was shortlisted in the 2015 Historical Faction Award and the 2015 Science Fiction Award, so he has been around. Between writing and reading fantasy stories, Smith embarks on his own adventures in nature with his wife, son, and dog. When indoors, he shares his writing journey on his blog and describes insightful writing advice on his official content developer for the Of Metal and Magic publishing website. He has done a lot in the writing world, and I was so excited to have him on the podcast. So we are going to talk about Shadow of the Wicked, so here's what it's all about. Magic once ruled the three kingdoms, now banished and condemnable. Twin brothers, Jeremir and Talmage, have been imprisoned and tortured, but for different convictions. Jeremir wakes up chained to a table filled with dread, while Talmage is thrown into an underground labyrinth. Jeremir has devoted his life to mastering weapons as the Empress Guard, and Talmage is the successor of a secret magic cult. Both brothers must escape from their wicked fate, identify their outgrown relationship, and swallow their pride before it's too late. If one of them fails, they both suffer. This was a really fun read, you guys, and it was really quick. Like I said, it is a novella. Novella means it's just a little bit shorter than a novel, and it really leaves out all of the fluff. We're going to talk about it in the interview, so let's get into it. 
Welcome to Read It With Whiskey, the interview podcast featuring science fiction and fantasy authors. My name is Laura Gentinen, your host and the author of the Shockwave series. I am also a book club moderator, speaker, and avid reader, truly invested in every author's story. Within this podcast, I bring to you, the reader, all the behind the scenes secrets to how these guest indie authors bring their books into the world. If you are a sci-fi fantasy reader, then you need to hear from these authors. Let's learn about the person behind the page. Sit back, sip some whiskey, and lean in to these self-published authors. All right, it's time for a little Laura J. Live update. Huge things are happening in the world of Laura J. Live right now. Oh my goodness. So we are halfway through September. I received my proof from Amazon and I edited it. You guys, it is up for pre-order right now. It is coming out September 28th, which is two short weeks away. I really can't believe it at all. So go ahead and get the pre-order and make sure that you've read Transient Pulse. If you haven't read Transient Pulse yet, get onto Amazon right now. I would love for you to put up a review for Transient Pulse if you read it already because it really helps authors grow their businesses. Being an author is a business. I want to be able to do this full time someday and writing a review is really gonna help me get there. So if you've read my book, go write that review. If you've read any author's book, so basically if you've read any book in the world, you should be putting up reviews for every single book you've read. That's just my little shameless plug there and um, advocate for all self-published authors. So anyway, the book is coming out very soon and you guys, I am working on book three. It's coming together. Static Equilibrium is not what I thought it was going to be and I'm so excited. And if you haven't heard about how I write, I'm definitely a pantser. When I started the entire Shockwave series, I knew the entire concept on a big picture scale. I knew what would happen in general in books one, two, and three, but I didn't know the scope. I didn't know all of the characters at that point. I really like the characters to take over when I'm writing and I've talked about that on the podcast before. I like to let the characters take the reins and I just follow their lead. If they do something I don't like, that doesn't mean it's wrong for them. And it can get really, really frustrating, but that's just a little sneak peek into what book three is going to have. (laughs) It's going to be great, you guys. I'm so excited. And if you want to read the first chapter of book two, Oscillation Rising, head over to Patreon because the first chapter is up for all of my patrons, free to you to read, as well as the book cover for Static Equilibrium. By this point, I have put the book cover out into the regular world. So if you were on my Instagram, at Live or at Read It With Whiskey, the book cover is out for Static Equilibrium. Um, But if you want to see like those confidential posts that I put in Patreon, get on over there um, because there's some great content over there. So in other news with my Laura J. Live life, I have so many projects in the works, you guys. I not only have the Shockwave series, but I have a duology. Basically, it's two books instead of a trilogy is three books. A duology is two books. So I have a duology in the works as well as a standalone dystopian book, dystopian fantasy. There are just so many projects coming and I'm hoping to get the duology and the dystopian books out in 2022. So there are, there's so much more information about this kind of stuff on my Patreon. So I'm going to put the plug in there because I can www.patreon.com slash read it with whiskey. That's where you're going to get all of the behind the scenes information about what I'm doing in my writing life, as well as learn about all of the different books that I'm reading. So much is happening. 
the next year is going to be a whirlwind. I'm so excited for it. But the first thing that you're going to do is read Transient Pulse. You're going to rate and review it, and then you're going to go and pre-order Oscillation Rising. If you're listening to this episode after September 28th, 2021, then go ahead, buy Oscillation Rising, and maybe put in the pre-order for Static Equilibrium if it's out there. Definitely just go check out my Amazon author page. That's all I'm asking. Okay, enough of me rambling. I know that was a little extensive, but I had to get that information out to you guys because I'm so excited. All right, let's get into the interview with Doug. This episode of the Read It With Whiskey podcast is brought to you by Coffee Over Cardio. I've been using Coffee Over Cardio for a really long time, and I'm so excited to be an affiliate with them. So there is a link in the bio, but if you want to go there on your own, all you got to do is use my code 10LauraJLive, that's 10-L-A-U-R-A-J-A-Y-L-I-V-E, and you will get 10% off your order. And welcome to the Read It With Whiskey podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it is the end of the day and feeling quite relaxed and calm. So yeah, yeah and good. it's so funny because you're all the way in Australia. I'm all the way in the States. And so it's late at night for you. It's early morning for me. So you might be drinking something a little bit different than I am, but that's totally fine. <laughs> We're going to have a good time and hopefully our listeners will fall in love with your book and, and go ahead and buy it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Shadow of the Wicked. But before we dive into the novella, first of all, tell our listeners, why did you start writing? Why did you want to be a writer? Um, it's, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Yeah, I, I've always been interested in fantasy and storytelling. I played video games when I was younger and it kind of felt uh, a bit natural because I was, re- I was reading a lot of books when I was younger. But as I got a bit older, that passion for storytelling kind of faded, you know, with uni and I guess day to day life. And I was actually surfing a lot. So, yeah, the, the passion for storytelling kind of faded. And then I started university, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I did see that creative writing was an option for me. Um, And so I just thought, you know what, give it a try. And then I loved it. Haven't looked back once. Uh, I love the, I've learned so much about storytelling. It's, yeah, it's great. And hopefully, you know, it it shows in my writing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. And are you a full-time author? Do you work doing something else? Tell us about it that's that's the dream to be a full-time but at the moment uh it's i guess late nights or early mornings i'm writing pushing out these stories so by the day i teach autistic children um yeah at high school very cool (laughs) and yeah yeah that's the that's the big thing for a lot of the guests here on the podcast is that they want to eventually be a full-time author and because this podcast features self-published authors usually we're still at that smaller scale and we're working our way up so it's exciting to see, and hopefully throughout the years, I'll be able to watch you grow as an author, and maybe you will be full-time someday. Yeah, and when that happens, <laughs> when that happens, I'll bring you back on the show, and we'll have to talk about all the books that you have written since this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Just, yeah, look back. Yeah, Where definitely. Are they? Kind of thing. <laughs> so what do you think is the favorite, your favorite part about being a writer? I think, especially with fantasy is just creating these worlds and these histories and these characters and putting testing your characters in all these scenarios and situations and making them either fall in love or do things what they feel is right and they it it just creating these characters in these worlds 
it's so interesting and intriguing for me and that drives my motivation for writing because you know I, I try to picture myself if I was in those situations that some of my characters were and and that's what I try to convey on my on the pages is that I want these characters to be relatable but in a fantasy world so that's I don't know, it just, it really draws me into this storytelling, character development, and then also magic and dragons. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> that creative fantasy world inside the brain, finally getting down onto paper is so exciting. Um, yep. So let's talk about the books that you have published. We're going to talk more in detail about Shadow of the Wicked, but tell us about your other book that you published, Year One Compendium. Yeah, so... That's with a, a, I guess, a small indie press called Of Metal and Magic. Uh, me and I think four other authors, we're writing in a shared universe. What it is, is we tried to set up this world where we draw on all these fantastic history moments and we build our own stories, but they're in the same world. So we're kind of trying to make it like a historical fiction world, but it's a shared fantasy universe, if that kind of makes sense yeah. so and that's where the year one companion comes into it it has my story in it is the first kind of i think it's the we, we do it in episodes kind of like in tv it has my first episode which is about six chapters and the same with the other authors and then there's some history papers and poems and all these things to try to explain this world that we're trying to create which is kind of cool it's really cool to be part of but it's really hard trying to get in the head of other people and another <laughs> fantasy world. <laughs> it makes Definitely. it makes it tough. Yeah. So the Compendium One is was the first thing that I actually had published with uh, I think it was Amazon that we published it through. Yeah, it was Amazon. And yeah, it's kind of cool to see my own writing in paperback. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. And, and that's so. an interesting concept, having to write with other people within the same world. I've had mm. another guest on the show, Todd Micah, and he has a compilation of short stories. And he had two other authors write stories for that short story anthology. And they're yeah. based in his same world. So it's a very similar concept. And it's yep. not something that I had really even thought about when even reading books until now I'm finding you guys as I'm in the self-publishing world. And it's just really exciting to see. And there's a whole nother world out there creating all of these other different worlds. And it's so yeah. exciting. It's, it's <laughs> this world is filled with other worlds, you know, it's <laughs> exactly it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And it does because I've, I've written stories, fantasy worlds by myself for fun. Like uh, I know everything about the world and stepping into someone else's world. It, I think it took me a couple of months of me trying to work out, no, I can't do this. I can do this. This doesn't make sense. This isn't canon. Like it, it was so many things. And it's just like historical fiction, really. And that's, that's what helped me get my head around it is that in fiction, there's certain key moments in history and then people build their stories around those moments. So exactly. yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that. Why did you decide that you wanted to do self-publishing and you said of Metal and Magic is more of a small indie publisher, but you went with self-publishing for Shadow of the Wicked. So why did you decide to do that on your own? It originally started when I, when I first finished uni, I, would, I had my blog and I was just kind of posting this story of two brothers and I was just releasing like a, I think it was like two, 300 words per, per post, like once a week. And then I got offered to, to write that of Metal and Magic story. And I fully forgot about this 
story, which ended up becoming Shadow of the Wicked. I wanted it, re- and then I, I remembered that I did all these blog posts and I was like, oh, I can actually kind of turn this into a bit of a story. And then I was trying to build my mailing list and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, gonna write this story, learn the ins and outs of self-publishing and kind of use this book to entice people to sign up to my mailing list. So that was like my motive for Shadow of the Wicked. And originally when I first did, I wanted to give it away to people for free. But as I started writing the story and developing, I grew really attached to the world and the characters. And um, so I was like, you know what? People can get the first three chapters <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of the full books, uh, full novella. So yeah, so that's, so that's why I went to the self-publishing because originally started people signing up for my mailing list. And now I kind of, I like learning all the ins and outs behind uh, writing, just, just writing a book. There's so many other things that, that go into it for these authors to build up these profiles. And I kind of like all those, the, the marketing side, because it's just learning. And yeah, it's, I've learned so much with marketing and what to do, what not to do next time. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's and exciting. It's, it is. And it's like my own little journey that I'm going on now and something that I definitely want to keep going. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. I'd just be exactly. like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to push for traditional publishing. But yeah, it's been a really interesting and oh, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's great. <laughs> I, like I, I really recommend it for people. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think there's a right and wrong way for self-publishing. Like I think there's a lot of books that have just been self-published and boom, straight onto Amazon. And then that's kind of what's given self-pub a bit of a bad rep. And I think taking the time to really get someone to edit it and get your beta readers and get these proofreaders to really knuckle down all the plot holes and the inconsistencies. Exactly. If you do that, then it, the, it just it just pushes the standards of self-publishing up. And I, th- I feel like self-publishing has changed so much in the last couple of years and Especially in um in Australia, like and now that Amazon has its own printer, which which yeah, really, that just happened this yeah, year. <laughs> it happened in May, and I didn't know it was happening. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get author copies. I'm not going to be able to um <laughs> like print at cost. And then they dropped that at May, and my book was released in July, and I was over the moon. I was like, this it's a sign. I've, I've got to stay with self publishing for the time being. See what happens. Exactly. But yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. That is very exciting. And I've had um, at least one other author on the show who lives in Australia. And I had been messaging her right around when that happened too. And I was like, how excited are you? She was like, I'm so pumped. I can finally order things in Australia. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it so helps. convenient. It does. And it helps us get um, books into bookstores now, like mm-hmm. except for what's happening in the world with uh, COVID and stuff. Right. But it, it definitely helps if I want to go down to my local bookstore and say, hey, I'm a local author. Can you put my book in it? They can order cost price from Amazon Australia and not have to worry about the shipping from exactly. America because that, and that's what's killed self-publishing. I'm, t- I'm speaking specifically with Australia mm-hmm. because it's the cost, the time for people to get the self-published books. It just wasn't worth it for the paperback. And that's why Kindle was pretty big in Australia, but now paperbacks come back and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a whole new world. <laughs> it is. It is. All right. So let's talk about your book. So I love to have the author explain what the book is about because I read the blurb. I can tell the listeners what the book is about on paper, but I like to get the author's perspective. So tell us what is Shadow of the Wicked about? Um, I'm going to give you, say, a 
two seconds sum up of it. I, I feel that Search of the Wicked is twin brothers trying to repair their broken relationship. That's what that's what I feel like it is. And and I think like I was mentioning before about characters being relatable in um, fantasy worlds is that family bond, family relationships can break. And and I feel like I, I don't know if it was you might be like a so I'm not I'm, I'm actually not a twin brother. I just I have brothers and, you know, we go up and down with our relationship. And I know a lot of people can relate to that as well. So, yeah, that's what I kind of feel like this story is ultimately about. Mm-hmm. but for sure and and that was something that I was going to ask you about is because these two brothers Jeremy and Tal- Talmage is that how you say yep. it okay yep, Talmage, so yep. they are estranged and they haven't seen each other in quite some time and I like that the book is actually in both points of view so you can understand where their head is regarding their relationship but then they're also going through so many other things they're both Mm. in these situations where they're stuck and they're being withheld basically and so that that personal bond within the story but also all of the magic and like the terror (laughs) that's happening it's it's very exciting so let's go to the world building I know we kind of touched on how fun world building is um, a little bit ago but tell us what was it like to build this world well, it, it was actually quite different to how I've written a story before. It was like I was saying about the blog post. I was kind of just plodding away at these characters and I wasn't really, when when I originally wrote the story, I wasn't really thinking about the bigger world schemes and um, the history behind it. But when I started really diving into it, I still wanted to keep that, the world building, not as info dumpy and kind of leak it out bits and bits. Which, which is kind of hard to do still, but I felt like that by the time I got halfway through the story, the world building became something that was natural to me because I was building this story around this, but there was bigger things at, at stake. And realistically, there isn't that bigger world building issues in this story because it is a novella. There's very limited space with mm-hmm. what I could do with say the magic history and the history why there's three kingdoms and a, there was four kingdoms, you know. So it's, there's there's a lot, there is a lot of world building, but I don't really go into it that much because it is a novella. And right. so, yeah, so it's, like I, I do have a lot of notes on the world now because <laughs> I am writing, I am writing another story within the same world about, uh, I think I'm going to do it like 50, I started writing it it's about 50 years prior to this. So, oh, and okay. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot more history. And it, it won't be as info, it won't be info dumpy. It's going to be the same kind of style, leaking it as the story goes. But there's going to be a lot more explanation because that's what I did find out through my reviews that people wanted more and more and more yes. about, about and the history, about the magic. And it's like, I, <laughs> I couldn't do more because then it would have stood out too much. And then I probably yeah, would have been criti- critiqued on that as well, you know? So right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it would have taken so. away from the story of the brothers if you put too yeah. much in there. And that was something I was thinking about is that when you're writing a novella, you have to stick to the story and you can't put too much fluff. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to turn into a novel very quickly because yeah. that that word count is just going to keep creeping up and up and up. And so I like that you kept the readers kind of guessing. So at the end of the book, I'm like, yeah, I want more. I want to learn more. And so I was really excited to hear that you're going to write another book within this world. But before we jump into that, what was the hardest part 
in writing this book when it comes to that two different perspectives. I feel like sometimes it's difficult to kind of understand where each of the characters are in the story and it kind of jumps back and forth at times. What do you think was the most difficult part in having that two different perspectives of the brothers? The way I went about it was I actually writ, sorry, I wrote Jeremy's story and then I wrote Talmage's story. And then, okay. and then I inter- intertwined it in the alternating chapters. I so love I, that. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't actually swap and swap between the characters because I knew I was going to have this this confusion. Okay, who am I? What what is my train of thoughts? So like I, with my first couple of drafts, I was like, okay, I'm I'm writing Jeremy, and then I just had this tunnel vision um, mindset with him, and then I write that, finish the story, finish well, the first draft of it, and then Talmage, do the same thing. And and I felt like that process helped me so much with the characters sure. because in my book that's coming out later this year with Of Mel and Magic, I alternated between characters and what ha- ended up happening was the same language ended up going through the characters. And then like, and then me doing the Jeremy and Talmages, it stops that like the editing process later of no this language is should be this instead of this because it could be focused somewhere else does that make sense how like so that time and energy in the editing process later on can be sorted out earlier yeah for sure and I've I've heard it's I mean it's difficult going perspective to perspective so I like that you wrote all of Jeremy's first and do you think that influenced how you told Talmage's story yeah hundred percent because <laughs> I knew it's it's almost like it's almost like you kind of know what that character's thinking and because I wrote it say my my previous writing sessions I wasn't in his head but there's things I could remember and the and I couldn't remember his language and does that make sense like I, I know what I'm trying to say I know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you are when you're in the head of one person you're writing as that person and yep. to go back and forth between different people it can be difficult yeah and when I was writing town major I, I knew that Jeremy was a stubborn stubborn dude <laughs> and he was set in his own ways but the, the kind of things that wasn't going to give away too much while I was writing Talmage and yeah so so it helped it helped a lot so moving forward you have a project in the same world are similar character or the same characters going to show up or you said no it's 50 years before so none of these characters are going to be in this book yes there is so uh, yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah yeah um so it's going to be Augustine and Pius and it's kind of there where they started their stories and how it kind of influences Shadow of the Wicked. That's me not giving away too much. So it's... Yeah, I like that because then you can learn about their history and why they turned out to be the people that they are in Shadow of the Wicked. In Shadow of the Wicked, yes. (gasps) Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, so... It um so I did write like the first chapter for it the other day and I, I'm kind of happy where it's heading and hopefully this will answer and fulfill people's needs of wanting more. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, anything in this world is going to fulfill that need because anything is what we need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> well, it's it's so strange because and I'd actually rather people like so I was reading the reviews and I'd rather people wanting more than going oh he gave us too much. Right. So, and exactly. I, yeah. So, and, and yeah, it might seem like a critique 
when I was looking at it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give him more, yeah. but in a year's time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so in this, in this new book that you're writing, is it in different point of view or is it in a solo point of view? Are you doing the same writing style? I know you've said you're kind of a mix between a plotter and a pantser. Is it going to be a similar vibe on how you write this story versus the novella? So it, it kind of is because I'm only doing it from one, from one point of view. Okay. So it's just going to be from Augustine's view. It's same, same what I did with Jeremy and Tomage. I wrote the story from their point of view. And yeah, so that's what I'm doing because I feel like he, he's a key character. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm going to say. Yeah. And he has a grand story, which will explain the, the history, the, the world, the systems, the, yeah. So I think, I think it's going to be good and it's going to be a novel length as well. So, which is cool. Yeah. I, I really like, challenging myself with the novella and trying mm-hmm. to fill this story some of the comments was that this should be a novel and I could have I, like we were talking about before mm-hmm. I could have <laughs> filled it and into a novel and but then it wouldn't have been a project that would have was released this year and also it wasn't I feel like this is good for Jeremy and Talmage mm-hmm. I feel like it, yeah if I was to expand it there would have been a lot of fluff like we we're talking about and yeah, it's, I know people want more and want it to be bigger, but I think it's good for them right. because in the grand scheme of things, they're just two characters. They're just two brothers in bigger world issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And telling their story is important, but now I'm excited to get this next story in here. So do you think it's yeah. more difficult to write a novella versus a novel or how, I mean, you said you just started the novel. So what is your experience so far? Uh, I think the novella was probably the hardest hardest because the word count limitation of it because you have to be so mindful of the novella cap I think it's at 40,000 or something like that's uh, yeah I think it's about 40,000 so to keep a story within that is actually so hard because you can if you're a pantser you can just type away or write (laughs) away and just feel these this word count up and that and that's what I kind of like with a novel and like uh, you were saying before, I'm a plotter and a pantser. I like plotting out where my characters need to go and then they just go in a round, roundabout way of getting yes. there, but they need they need to hit those milestones. So they might have all this subplot storylines that branch off from these plot lines, but they need to get to these plot lines. Exactly. And I've experienced yeah. that with my own books, my series. I have a basic premise for each of the books in the series and then the characters just do what they want as long as they yeah. get to that end point. And I've had like new characters pop up out of nowhere. I'm like, where did you come from? I didn't yeah. know you existed. But you, but you fit so well into yeah. it. If you take them out, it's like, it's, it doesn't work as good. Yeah. It's like, it's subconscious. They were always there. You just didn't know it until yeah. you wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Have you ever tried to explain to someone that your characters do their own things in the stories before. Yes. And uh, people look at you so weird, like <laughs> you're the character. What, what, how can that just happen? But like, unless you're a writer, like you don't understand because these characters mm-hmm. actually have a mind of their own. Yeah, we're sure. writing it, but it's so it's such a bizarre thing. And I think that's what also intrigues me into storytelling about these characters and the character developments because they do, they get their own mind. They have their own feelings their own emotions their own choices and it's so cool it is. that we're just kind of where the narrator the narrator uh, the sorry the narrator uh, just watching these characters 
So that's pretty exactly. cool. <laughs> and it's exciting because there's times where I'm like yelling at the character, like, why would you do that? Or if they don't yeah. understand something, I'm like, how do you not understand what's going on? But it's, it's, it's because they're their own person and you can't put your own conceptions of reality into their head because they don't know what you know, even though you're the writer. It's just yeah, mind blowing. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it is mind blowing. And like, I fully understand and know what you're talking about. But if you talk to someone that's not a writer, they're just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some of the listeners right now, they're like, what are these people talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'll get it one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Yeah. All right. So you're working on another book in this Three Kingdoms world. Um, and you're also working on another project for Of Metal and Magic. Do you have yeah. any bigger long-term goals that you want to do either within this world or other works in progress kind of things? Yeah, and I think now that I've started to love self-publishing, I think I've got a lot more projects that are going to be coming out, which is mm -hmm. they're, they're time-consuming, but it's this self-publishing route that I'm taking. It's, yeah, I'm definitely excited for these projects coming out. So at the end of the year, got Of Metal Magic, To Wheel the Stars to come out, which I'm pretty excited about because I, have, I did work on it before COVID and then COVID hit and kind of delayed this whole publishing process. So that would have been my first book, but yeah, it's coming out at the end of the year. And then, so then next year, I want to have this Three Kingdoms novel out next year, mid next year. And then from then onwards, I want to at least do one book a year and I would be, I'd be happy. And hopefully my people that start buying my books and start following me are also happy with that. They probably won't because they potentially might like the books and want another one to come out straight away. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my, I guess, three-year plan is to get these books out once a year. I Years ago, I did write a book and I will self-publish that in a completely different world. But that's kind of like my first book and my baby that I kind of want to publish after I've got these Three Kingdom stories out of my system <laughs> can you can you tell us what that's about or is it a secret no it's a it's it's not a secret it's like uh so i've written a hundred thousand words to it uh oh, wow. I, there's yeah there's a lot there's a lot of work still to do on it with the world building it's called a time of stones and it's it follows four follows four characters and it's these magic stones that have been lost and they start to slowly surface into the world and these these stones have such a control over nature and there are evil people that want to control these stones that control Ooh, nature yeah so exciting. Oh. yeah so that's that's kind of the premise for that and uh, like i it's the book that i first wrote to get out of my system the, the book that i wanted to read and hopefully bring that out later there's a lot of magic and a lot of strong fantasy elements into it when I look back over it will probably be changed a lot because I'll, it's probably a bit YA fantasy okay but I want to make it more adult okay. that's probably the lens I'm going to put on it when I go back to it <laughs> well that's exciting and wow yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what happens within the next few years I'll definitely be following along the entire time oh awesome thank you <laughs> But yeah, this wouldn't be Read It With Whiskey without talking a little bit about whiskey. So yeah, tell us, what is your favorite whiskey to drink? Um, I'm actually, I dabble into a, a bit of them. Um, I'm definitely more of a gin 
person. Okay. Um, but I have been getting into proper 12 lately. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's mm-hmm. Conor McGregor's whiskey. Um, I I've completely forgot. I was worked all day today and I forgot to go get a bottle this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I've been, I've, been, I've been getting into that and it's actually quite nice. It's a bit smooth and I do have to work tomorrow. So it's probably a good thing I didn't get a bottle of it. <laughs> Right. And it is 7 a.m. for you as well. So. Yes, yes. I'm just drinking some water and coffee this morning. That's all I get right now. Yeah. But all right. So Douglas, tell all of our listeners, where can they find you and where can they find your books? Okay. Um, you can find me on my website. It's dwtsmith.com or my Instagram, which is douglas.w.t.smith. Um, you can find me on Amazon. Just search Shadow of the Wicked and you can get paperback and Kindle version. Awesome. Well, I hope all these people who are listening, go and run and read your book because they need to read it before your next book comes out within this world. <laughs> yeah. So do I, and I'd like, I thank you to the, re- the listeners that do buy the copies because I appreciate it. It is my first book and yeah, hopefully they enjoy the story and yeah. this journey that I'm going on with self-publishing. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I had so much fun talking with you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And yeah, it's so much fun too. Talking with Doug was so much fun. I love interviewing people with accents. (laughs) Absolutely love it. Um, But yes, so you could tell I really enjoyed this book. I'm really excited to see what comes next from Douglas. And I hope you guys are here for the ride because it's going to be good. All right, next we are talking finally to a female for season two. This is the first lady guest on the podcast for season two. I can't believe I had five guys in a row and didn't even realize it until Lisa. (laughs) So Lisa Johnston is the author of Wakeless, and this is a dystopian post-apocalyptic book. There are so many similarities between her book and my second book in the Shockwave series, which I already talked about, so I'm not going to talk about it again. But you definitely want to listen to this episode next time because this book was incredible. It is one of my top reads for the entire year of 2021. So good. So I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to an episode of Read It With Whiskey. I am your host, Laura Gentinen, and I just wanted to personally hop in and say thank you so much for listening. Your support of the podcast means so much to me, and I would really appreciate it if you could go onto your favorite podcast platform and rate and review the show. By rating the show, you're going to help more people find the podcast so then we can grow. Once you review the show, share it on your social media, share your favorite episode with your friends, and come back next time to hear more from self-published authors. I'll talk to you soon.